Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Side Culture Podcast. Today is the day after Napoli won the Coppa Italia final against Juventus. And Danny, how are you feeling? Oh my God, um, I'm I'm still not over it. Uh, I probably won't be over it for a while now because after the poor season uh, Napoli was having, and especially like what's been going on in the world, and which as well for me, I was I a few personal uh, issues to take care of. Um, Napoli. Thank you again for making me happy uh, for the first time in a while uh, from Calcio's uh, points, uh, Calcio point. Um, it was a close, it was, I wouldn't say cl- it was a close game, uh, but I think Napoli deserved the win. Uh, Juve, a lot of people say, oh, Juve played good. In my opinion, they played like crap. Uh, I feel like if it wasn't for Buffon, uh, the game could have been over in the 90th minute, uh, in the 90th minute, so maybe 3 nothing at most. Uh, Napoli were so unlucky, especially at the end when uh, Maximovic uh, header it in. Buffon made a great save and then Elmas hit the post. Uh, and penalties, uh, Bigs early uh, save by Maret on Dybala and then Insigne got the good, like a beautiful penalty of uh, Buffon didn't even move after. And then Danilo guided to back to uh, Turin and then from there Napoli just took over, uh, won the Coppa Italia. Uh, our live reaction to the um, the Coppa Italia is on YouTube. Uh, we'll leave a, uh, the link on Twitter or on Instagram for it if you guys want to watch it after. Um, we had me and then my buddy Carmen from the Napoli Club Toronto. Uh, we were live reacting to the game. Uh, fortunately, our live stream got taken down because of uh, copyrights uh, claim. And then uh, we just made the video of the last 15 minutes plus penalty shootouts. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that. And, yeah, I'm just really happy because it's the first time Napoli uh, has won a trophy since uh, 2014. Uh, so, it's been tough. It was a tough year. But since Gattuso's came in and took it, took this team over, uh, they look nothing but sharp. Uh, Gattuso's a really good coach, in my opinion. Uh, and he's a, also maybe one of the best motivating coaches in the world. So, Andrew, what do you yeah. think about that game yesterday? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think uh, Gattuso, when he first came in, he was seen as only a motivator. I think after yesterday, he did prove that he is a tactician. Um, he's developing yep. as uh, his years and tenure as a Napoli coach uh, goes on. I think uh, at Milan, it might have been too soon, but I think um, that move to Milan when he was a coach was very necessary because I feel like that's what gave him some Serie A experience in order to be a coach for Napoli today. So I think um, Gattuso's improving as time goes on. And um, I feel like even if he's not the tactician that you see in uh, many other coaches, like, for example, I think his name is uh, Belsa or something like that from Leeds, that he's a really good tactician, the Leeds yeah. United coach. And um, he may not be someone like that, but um, his motivation is something that not many managers have. I think Antonio Conte has a little bit of that, but not to Gattuso's level. And I think Atuso does a really good job of um, making his players feel what he feels. He's obviously been through a lot these last couple of weeks with his, uh, the death of his sister, our condolences. Yeah. And I feel like he uh, really took in the what he feels from that and almost fed it to his players to spur them on. They really played for him, you can tell. And from the first minute to the last, Napoli pressured Juve. They played hard. They sat back when they had to, and they attacked in bursts, which I think Gattuso's been doing a really good job of uh, with uh, handling Napoli's lineup, because I can see that 
Um, ever since Gattuso's came, you don't see the same Saudi ball where they pass it around, tiki-taka, this, Full that. possession, yeah. Yeah, but they do, at certain points in the game, they sit back, and they just absorb, 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 and then they burst out quick. And I think he's done a really good job of that because you can have a team pressure for 90 minutes straight. That's just something that can happen. They're going to get burnt out, and they're going to get tired and lethargic. Like you saw in Juventus, Juve looked very tired around the 60th minute mark. I noticed it. As uh, Danny mentioned, we were live, and I brought it up. I said to uh, Francesco, yeah, by the way, uh, Joe and Francesco will not be joining us today. It has nothing to do with the loss, actually. Uh, Francesco is very busy today, and Joe, I'm not sure what he's doing, but I think he has work today, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mentioned it on the stream to uh, Francesco. I'm like, yeah, Juve looks very lethargic right now. They're moving very slow. And not, um, one of the ones that really looked explosive to me were um, Sandro and Douglas Costa. I think they played um, well for Juve. I feel like Dybala was just not – against Milan, he played very well, in my opinion. But against yeah. uh, Napoli, he struggled. Ronaldo was absolutely quiet. And people sometimes they say, oh, you put too much pressure on Ronaldo. But when you pay somebody $30 million a season – they need to perform, and especially in a match like that. I understand maybe a game against Atalanta or something. Ronaldo didn't show up. He is getting up there in age. He's, what, 34, 33? Yeah. yeah he's 34, around there. 35, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, he's getting up there in age. But when you pay $30 million a season for a player, you expect him to show up, especially in a final. So, um, yeah, my bad there. Yeah, but Ronaldo, um, yeah, he should have played much better. And I think the only really thing he did was that in the first half, the shot on Medet, where Medet saved it, it wasn't too was, hard of a shot. And it was early on, too. It was like the third and fourth minute. Yeah, very early on. So that's all Ronaldo really provided that whole game, in my opinion. Um, I think Napoli did a good job of getting two guys on him to cut off the angles every time he tried cutting in. Yeah. But, I think Napoli, like, as like the game went on, they were, like, the first few minutes, like, you could tell Juve were ready to play. They were hungry to come out. But then once, like, uh, Napoli, um, like, just, like, absorbed that pressure, and they were really well defended. They were playing really well pressuring. Uh, there was a lot of, like, there was a f- the first half was a little bit questionable for, like, off-ball movements. Uh, I wasn't too keen on a few off-ball movements, but as the game went on, Napoli settled in. Uh, they got, like, their chances, like, here. Buffon made a, f- a few, I think, maybe two good saves in the first half, and then in the second half, he just stole the show as well. Uh, for me, I think Napoli like defended, like you said best. They f- defended uh, Ronaldo really well. Every time he would have the ball, they would have say like Di Lorenzo and Maximovic on him. Uh, the cutoff, like when he cuts in, and they would force him to pass it all wide. And there was a few chances that uh, Juve had that like Madad came to the rescue as well. Maybe if say two or three good chances. Uh, and then where Medak came out, claimed the ball well, made a nice save on Ronaldo, and he claimed another one, I think, off Ronaldo's foot as well. Uh, so I give now, and that all has to do with like Gattuso's tactics because he's he's a good defensive like coach, and you could tell once like he took over this team, uh, they became more defensive and they they didn't attack like and they still can attack as well. So like, yeah. So this is my opinion. I think Napoli played a really well defensive game and uh, that's probably one reason why uh, it helped them win the Coppa Italia yeah definitely and you can see uh, before Gattuso came in 
I'm sure Daniel agree with me. Napoli's biggest issue was their defense. Yeah. Before Gattuso came in. Going into the season, people thought, oh, Manolas, Kuibali, that would be some huge uh, like, dynamic big, duel. Yeah. You're like, wow, like, best defense in the Serie A. And to be honest, between Manolas and Di Lorenzo, Di Lorenzo is the one that really stood out for Napoli. Mm-hmm. I think, um, obviously, you guys expect him to do well, because I, I believe Empoli. He was at Empoli, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did really well last season. And between him and Manolas, they're like, oh, yeah, Manolas is going to be like, he has experience, champions, like this, that. But Di Lorenzo was really the one that came in and made a difference for Napoli, and he's been consistent. I can't really pinpoint a game where he was like had a bad game, if you know what I mean. There's been a few like questionable games, but that was before like Gattuso took over. And even he tries his best, and that's one thing I like about him as well. He works he, hard, yeah. Yeah, he works hard. He, uh, For me, I feel like he... He's more defensive now because at Empoli he used to play as like a like a he used to push up, uh, create chances. I think now like he creates a few chances a game, but he's more defensive now than he was at Empoli. And I really like the way he plays because he's a he can get there quick, cut off the passing. He's good with the ball as well. He can pass as well. Um, I feel like he's the right back that Napoli were looking for since uh, Maggio left, and I feel like he uh, he's. In my opinion, he's way better than what Hughes had provided for the last few years. And I really liked the signing of uh, Di Lorenzo, and it was a cheap signing, too. It wasn't too expensive. I think it was, like, only, like, 12 – I want to say, like, 10 to 12 million, I think it was. Maybe eight, if I'm – Yeah, something around there. I think, uh, yeah, definitely it was a huge signing, and it's helped Napoli a lot. Um, what were your opinions on Denne? Because he's been good ever since. Yeah, for me uh, – even our midfield yesterday, too, was – I like the way our midfield played. They controlled the play. They uh, came. They collected the ball well from our center backs when we needed them to. Uh, for me, I feel like Demi, when he came in, he changed the midfields for good. And he's a Gattuso guy, too, because Gattuso even said, like, in an interview that he was trying to sign uh, Demi for Milan when he was coaching at the time. And Leipzig didn't want to sell him because he was a big important – he was an important player to the Team, but I guess now, like since he played, does he plays a little bit at the, he played a little bit at Leipzig, and once he came into Napoli, he fit in the role well. He's a tough guy. He's not the biggest guy, but he's a tough uh, player to play against. He can control the midfield, calm the player down, collect the ball from like Kulabali, Maximovic, who also was playing really well at the time, uh, who's also playing really well since uh, soccer's came back. Uh, I really like that mate. Uh, for me, and it's also a cool story, too, that his dad was a Napoli fan uh, growing up, and he also named him after Maladona. And so you can tell he plays with a little bit of passion for his dad and for him as well. And I really like Demi as a player, and yeah, I think it was a good sign for us. Yeah, definitely. He's been doing really well. Um, I also want to move in here uh, quickly to Manuas' comments on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> we, we have a group chat, and I went on a little yeah. bit of a rant. Um, he didn't directly mention Roma, but you can tell he threw a jab. I know how he is. Over time, he's done little things like this to other yeah. teams. Um, he basically just, I don't want to quote him because I don't really have it in front of me right now. But he basically said, I've been yeah. in Italy for six years and I finally won a trophy. And there's no That's need for that. Says. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly what he said. Oh, so yeah. So something like, yeah, I said that. And he goes, I'm just happy. He goes, uh, he says something along the lines. He goes, I'm happy for my team and the staff that we won the trophy after that. And there's no need to, like, yeah, like he's yeah. clearly mentioning us. I understand, okay, he's played for Roma, he's played for Milan, he's played for Genoa, like a few teams in Italy, and then, okay, maybe it's not a jab directly at us. 
But for him to say, oh, I've been in Italy for six years and I finally won a trophy, you need to pipe down. You've been on the bench. Uh, you're always injured. You came in as this old next, uh, oh, Kuibali's partner in crime, this, that. He's done nothing. Oh, I just get injured every five minutes. So Manuel needs to relax. And that really pissed me off because the fans gave Manuel so much. And for him to just come mm-hmm. out and say that, it just it, it's a dagger to the heart. I don't know why he has to mention that. I really respected him as a guy. As a player, I was never big, like the biggest fan of him because he loses the ball a lot, misplaces a lot of passes, and he's very like. <laughs> okay, actually, I'll be, I'll be honest. He's horrendous defending side to side. So Manolas isn't really a player I like, but as a person, I always respected him. He yells, he's passionate. You can see yesterday during the game he was yelling more than Sadi actually. Yeah. So um, I always liked him as a person, but after that, I lost all respect for him, and I'm, just, I'm done. If you win a trophy, say okay, thank you, and after yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Whatever, but you don't have to mention he's being. And that just pissed me off, honestly. Yeah. What do you think about what he said? Uh, for me, I think I get like he was what he was trying to say. Honestly, do I think he was trying like I, for me? I feel like yeah, it was kind of like a jab at uh, Roma. For me, and um, I would change like if I was him, I would change the way I said it so it's not like a jab and people can understand like what he's trying to say. Um, for me, I don't mind him posting about. Uh, winning a trophy at all because he's happy. It's in the moment. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm all in for it. Yeah, and, but the comment he made was, I for me, I don't like that as a as a soccer fan, especially because I don't like uh, when players say leave my team, they go to another team, and say they win the trophy. And if I saw that too, I'd be kind of pissed off as well, which I was when I saw Higuain uh, do that to uh, when he won the Scudetto with uh, Juve and kind of threw shots at like Napoli too. But I'm not gonna get into that as well. Uh, so you have every right to be pissed off and stuff. For me, I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna defend Manolas because just because he's on Napoli, because I know what's right and what's wrong. Um, I like Manolas as a player, uh, and I respect him because he's played for my team. But if he leaves, say if he leaves in the next few years, whatever, I'm not gonna really care because it's not like. For me, I don't think he's done enough to change Napoli right now. Because again, he's always been injured. And for me, I feel like the only one I would care if he did that to was probably Koulibaly. Uh, because for me, Koulibaly's been here since the start. He's been here, I think, since 2012, 2013. So it's been a few years he's uh, been at Napoli. And for me, Manolas' comments were, they were unnecessary. And I feel like if he can go back in time, I feel like he, I, I hope he would think about changing the comment, uh, the caption, but I guess it's too late now. And, yeah, I think it was just a bad yeah. comment to say. Yeah, it was really bad to say. And it's annoying, too, because you see players that get kicked out, like Nangolan, for example. He was a player that basically got kicked out of Roma because he wasn't up to standard at the time, I'll be honest. I yeah. love Raja as a, like, as a person and as a player as well, but it was getting to the point where he's just diminishing as a player and there's see, no need for like, him on the team. I don't know, for me, like, in, I don't know, like, say, like, for example, like, if the player left on bad terms and then he did that, I would be really, really pissed off he did that. Like, because it's not the club's fault that you were, like, you were acting like an idiot. Say if, like, Roger did that to Roma, I think you would be pissed off as well because it's it's not like Roma kicked you out. They, like, they said, okay, you have to leave. You did for yourself. Like, you were acting like an idiot, and that's why you left. Uh, for Manolas, especially because, like you said best, that they made him who he is today. And he's got, he had like a lot, like a good reputation because he, he scored the goal against uh, Barcelona 
which took Roma to the semifinals, which was I think their first ever semifinals in the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. And so might right have been there, a second. Might have been a second. First or second, like it doesn't happen often for Roma, say. But right there, you have the hearts of most Roma fans, and then you go off and saying that. Like for me, yeah, it would throw, it would piss me off too. But at the end of the day, like people, the uh, player, soccer players say a lot of stupid stuff as well. And I'm gonna be honest too. There's a lot of questionable things I see on social media and what they do and stuff. And at the end of the day, whoever, if Roma, say if uh, Roma end up finish, like say they win the Scudetto, like in the next few years, then you'll see a lot of fans are throwing shots at Manolas, and it's just gonna be a probably one battle. Yeah, I'll be going off on him as well. No, but just like like Nagalan, like he he basically got kicked out. Basically, Nagalan got kicked out of Roma, and when he left, he did say things about Monchi because Monchi was not right. Like the things he was saying in the media and all that. So uh, he was saying like whatever whatever he was saying is rightfully so. Yeah. But he never once said anything about the team, said anything about the players, the fans. Nagalan is always respectful. He's always loved Roma. Then you have Manuel here, who's had a history of just being snarky, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't kicked out of Roma, but let's just say like this, he, he kind of was. We accepted an offer for a, basically a bench player in Diawara, who never played for Napoli. And what was yeah. it, 23 million plus Diawara uh, or something? I think so. It came out, the total value came out to like 36 million. Yeah, so was, both deals. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like 23 million in Diawara. So we, we took a bench player plus twenty three million for you. That means we didn't really value you too much. That last season, maybe it could have been more. I think, could have been, I think it could have been like three five. Could yeah, something like that. But anyways, it was in that region, and we didn't value him that much. We took a bench player in twenty three million, and that bench player has been fantastic for us despite yeah, he's his injuries. Yeah, been really good for since he came to you guys. Yeah, yeah he's been one of my favorite players. Definitely, I'm sure everybody else who likes Roma can uh, uh, agree with that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't want to give this guy much more attention. I guess we'll move on. This weekend, the Serie A is back. Not just to go by Italia. The Serie A is back. <laughs> Let's go. go. That first, first time you said that in, what, like four months? Serie A is back? Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I'm really excited for it. Roma, I'm excited for Wednesday. They'll be back. Yeah. But this hope, weekend. Hopefully, uh, Napoli recover a time for their next game. Uh, what is I that? The 23rd, but I know... And Napoli, they're still partying right now. They were partying uh, last night at 4 a.m. in the morning. I was seeing videos. It was incredible. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, ooh, you have a tough game to away against Verona. Verona, yeah, they're a tough team. And uh, you know what? We're playing against Ramani, too. So who knows if ooh. you might even play. Well, yeah, that'll be a tough one. <laughs> yeah, but, like, obviously, guys, for us, it's going to be hard to preview every single match day because um, we are going to have – how do I word it? We're going to have, maybe what, two match days a week we're going to have? Yeah, maybe, right? say roughly, maybe three or four, say, I think it was. Three or four match days a week? I think, or like, I think this week coming up, we have four on the weekends. Well, like, not like actually games, like oh. match day 26, 27, 28, oh, yeah. like that. It's, it's going to be like every three or four days. Like, yeah, so, I, I think we're going to have like two or three match days a week, but like every day there's going to be games. And yeah. it's going to be hard to preview every single one because there's such a, like, a short period of time. And we'll yeah. send to a podcast every day. So we're going to aim for maybe one or two podcasts a week. So um, 
yeah, it's going to be hard, but we're going to make sure we get over, like, the topic of all the big games and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a game like Galecha and Padma, it'll be, it'll be hard for us to go into like, depth on that one for 10 minutes. Yeah. So we have a lot of stuff to get to. So. Quick, quick uh, predict, uh, predictions for the games, probably. Yeah. So, for this weekend, which is a preview Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we got Saturday, we got Torino, Padma, and that's Verona, Cagliari. That's a good, those are two good games, actually. Yeah, very Even that, that Verona Cagliari game is interesting as well because uh, Verona they gotta uh, play Napoli and then they're also battling for I figure Europa League spot as well. Yeah, and something else I realized that Giovanni Simeone hasn't scored an away goal since the third match day. So I think the last goal I think he scored against Napoli. An away goal. Yeah. Really? So maybe it might have been. Yeah, I think I remember that now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I remember he scored against, I think it was, pretty sure it was, or it was John Pedro. I'll, I'll double check I'm that. I'm not even sure. Yeah, but yeah, that. he hasn't scored since the third match day, and uh, he's someone who they brought in, hoping for uh, him to produce a lot, because he is a decent striker. I know Danny liked him. Oh, I like him a lot. Yep, he did score. Oh, no, sorry, it was Castro that scored against uh, oh, Castro. Yeah. But yeah. I like Simeone a lot. I like him a lot. I like his yeah, team. I like his intensity. I just, um... I don't know, this season hasn't gone the way he expected it to go, at least away from home. So um, we'll see if he can uh, break that. But, yeah, what game are you looking most forward to on Saturday between the two? Um, For me, I'm going to be more interested in the Cardi versus Verona game uh, because, I, I, again, I want to see how Verona plays coming off their – I want to call it the break. I'm going to call it a break. Um, and they're also – because it's going to be a good game too because uh, – Cagliari, they've been really dipping in form. So let's see how they come off uh, the break. And also, Verona, if they win, they pass Milan, and they are only one point behind behind Napoli for the sixth and final uh, Europa League spot. So oh, it's wow, going to be an interesting game, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll probably keep my eyes mostly on that game. And the Torino game I'll watch as well, because it's Serie A, so I want to watch as much Serie A as possible. Especially now since... Uh, it's going to be like every few days, so it's going to be good to watch. It's going to be fun. I, I got something to look forward to now. Yeah, I'm very excited. And uh, it's kind of weird how in the first three matches back, if you're like, counting the Coppa Italia matches, there's only been two goals. Yeah. And they're both in Napoli Inter. So in, in three games, there's been two goals. So I don't know if the, if the attack is rusty or if most the teams are just sending back. or I don't know what it is. But I think, I think there's diff- a different style between – uh, a cup game, which is a one, there were because there were both one and done games. Yeah, that's very and true. And then against the league, because the league you can adjust every weekend because you have every few days to adjust. And while the cup games say if you make a mistake, then other teams are going to capitalize on that and then take a badge, and then next thing you know, you're out of the cup. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. no, I, definitely. But um. Yeah, I just think um, it's gonna, obviously it's hard for us to like, make our prediction because we haven't seen these teams play in like three months. So yeah, no really momentum or form or like singular player performances we can really look at. So except for maybe Inter, Milan, and Napoli. So yeah, um, I feel like I feel like teams like Juve, Napoli, Inter, and then even also Milan, they have a slight advantage because they've played uh, the games, and so they're. Even especially Napoli and Juve because they played two games already behind closed doors and they also got their legs going as well. Yeah, they know how like the feeling is, the atmosphere. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know Spinazzola brought it up on Instagram Live yesterday. He said um, it's going to be a weird playing of all fans. So a lot of teams will be uh, in shock, I, I'm guessing, the first half. But I think they'll grow into the game. Yeah, yeah. For, me, I, for me, I don't find it weird at all. I, like, as a fan watching on TV, for me, I feel like it's watching the games now, it's, like, normal because maybe because I'm not focused on the fans, I'm just focused on the game. And I yeah, feel like sure. I feel like players now can there's not gonna be like say when like you know when a player falls and you have like the whole crowd going, Hey ref, like, yeah, yeah. where's the foul? Now I feel like the games are gonna be more based off like fouls and calls and stuff, like the uh, the fans reacting and stuff. Yeah, I think definitely that the fans will be influencing like all these calls like before. If someone goes down the ref you're the big roar, oh let me watch check out the bar or else they're all gonna boo me. So I I guess that's yeah. a good thing. But, um, yeah, getting to Torino Padma again, um, like I said, not much to go based off of, but I feel like, I don't know, I know Torino was having a really poor season. They started off very well this year, and they dipped down a lot. Mm-hmm. Padma's been good. I'm going to say Padma's going to win this one. I don't really have a score, though. For my, you know what? I guess they maybe a 0-0 draw. Because zero usually, zero draw. Yeah, because the first game back in the Premier League and the first game back in Serie A, they both ended uh, in the Coppa Italia. They both ended zero zero. So yeah, maybe I'm gonna go to say fake. I'm gonna go to say fake And then Verona Cagliari, I'm gonna say three one Verona. I just have a feeling they're gonna. I can really say well. I can say maybe one or I can say two nothing Verona. Wait, you know what? I'll give it two one two one Verona. Yeah, and Verona's been really good this season. Their defense has been a. Uh, Huge, huge, huge plus. They've been uh, good. I'm pretty sure, like, style-wise and stuff, like, not obviously got player-wise, but, like, style-wise and the way they're performing, they have uh, the best defense in the league. Yeah. Uh, Statistically, yeah. Yeah. They've been really good. Georgia is doing a phenomenal job. uh, Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, that's another thing to mention. Verona's been really good. Now, moving on to Sunday, we got two good matches again. Atalanta, Sassuolo, and Inter, Sampdoria. I think um, Atalanta Sassuolo. I'm really interested to see Atalanta because they were in great form before this whole uh, break and pandemic. Yeah. So I'd really like to see how they are now. That's the game I'm looking forward to a lot. How about you? Yeah. Uh, same thing here uh, with Atalanta Sassuolo. Uh, I feel like this game could be a goal fest because they both have really good attacks, but their defense will are are not the greatest. I know. Swasolo, like, style-wise, they don't have, like, a, the best attack, but they have a good enough attack to make teams pay. It's just their defense, again, it's not the greatest. Um, I think this game can end maybe 3-2 Atalanta. Well, that would be, be a really good scoreline if the game were to end like that. Not for Roma, but we need yeah. Atalanta to lose. Yeah, no, I think we need entertainment wise, to, yeah. uh, to lose as well. well. I mean, we need you guys to lose as well. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, because we're not, yeah, yeah, we're like nine points behind. Touche. <laughs> but yeah, um, that'll be a good game. Um, Inter Sampdoria, I think Inter really, really like, not they only do they have to game. win, I think they yeah. need to like put on a like performance, like two, three, nothing. They need to make a statement here, in my opinion. Yeah, in my, yeah, I agree. I think if they lose this game, I think it's night uh, night Scudetto. Uh, they're already, I think, deflate a bit deflated from. The tie, I want to say, the tie to Napoli, and the lot like the loss of the Coppa Italia in the semis. Uh, maybe this could this guy this is has a what's the word I'm looking for like 
it's got potential to be an upset in this game, in my opinion. Uh, but I think Inter will prevail, and I think it's going to be like a 2 nothing win. Nothing win? I agree. I think it'll be, you know, I'll say 2 nothing as well. I feel like it'll be 2 nothing. I think the match will start off very uh, defensive from Sampdoria. And I think once Inter scores the first goal, they'll open up a little bit more and they'll get another one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Inter really needs this win and they need to perform because against Napoli, they just, they couldn't finish. I don't know what it was. But well, Tyler seems to <laughs> shy away in big games from what I've seen this season, so. At least now Inter can have a chance to score. They won't be going up against Ospino. Uh, yeah, Ospino is playing like a prime Buffon or Sorrentino. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah those literally Sorrentino. <laughs> <laughs> Sorrentino, for those of you who don't know, Sorrentino was on Kievo, and every time Kievo played a big game like Juve or Napoli or Roma or Inter, every time he would, I don't know, he makes some saves, I couldn't believe it. Actually, yeah. incredible. And it's not like he's like 24, 23. This guy was like, what, 36, 37 at the time? Maybe yeah, like older. Yeah, late 30s. Yeah, maybe even older, so. And like, <laughs> it was incredible because. He would play like Buffon and like Dino Zoff together uh, against like the top, I want to say like top six teams usually. But then against like the bottom teams, he would play like uh, Carius or like uh, Rob Green in the 2010 uh, World Cup. Like he was, there was some games like I'm looking I'm like, is this the same guy that was playing against us last week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he, he was no, but he's a serial legend in my opinion. Like, no, like, definitely not like not like technically a serial legend, but like. If you talk to, like, Serie A fans who watch the league for a while, they'll always say, oh... He's on the radio one, yeah. He, they always hated playing Sorrentino. Yeah, I've heard, like, the people who watch Serie A a lot, like, every game, like, whatever's on TV, they know Sorrentino is a legend. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to score on that guy. But, um, yeah, we covered everything there. And, yeah, I think um, sometime this week we still got to work out, like, myself, Danny, Joe, and uh, Francia, we got to work out when we're going to get this whole schedule going. Two podcasts a week. Maybe we'll do one Monday, Friday. We're not sure. We've got to work that out. Yeah, because I think where are the games? There Basically every day. There's like, I know Thursday there's no games. This Thursday. Maybe we can do maybe do one Thursday. Yeah, we'll do one Thursday and recap from Monday to Thursday. We'll find. I think we may do maybe one podcast every off day. Yeah. So there's like no games. We'll see. We'll keep you guys updated on our social media. Yeah, you we can will. find us yeah, on Instagram at Six Side Couch or same with Twitter at Six Side Couch. And yeah, we'll work everything out and we'll let you guys know. Yeah, exactly. Cause I think because it's gonna be tough now too because like even for like people who do like other podcasts as well because it's okay we got we reflect on this match day but then this game today like it's gonna be tough but we'll figure it out. Yeah, it'll be tough because while you guys are listening, there's probably three or four other games going on at the same time so. It's just going to be tough, but we'll work it out. We'll always find a way. Um, yeah, I just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Carmen from the uh, Napoli Club Toronto for hopping on the live stream again, like Danny mentioned, he was on it. Uh, we really appreciated uh, sharing the moment with him because we know winning a trophy for Napoli, things like that, like, doesn't happen often. So to be able to share that moment with him and Danny as well was a very special for me. I'm not sure about Francesco because he's <laughs> in the, the best of moods, but... I know it's great to hear it. I know Danny, and we talk every day. I know how much it means to him. He's a big Napoli fan. So to see him happy like that, it was nice to hear. And same with Carmen as well. So congrats to you guys. Yeah, and thank you guys also as, uh, as well for uh, coming and supporting the stream for uh, the semifinals and also the finals. Unfortunately, uh, again, the final uh, stream was taken down due to uh, copyright. 
but we still have the last 15 minutes and the video of us reacting to the 80th minute on plus penalties. Uh, we just want to say thank you guys again for, uh, and also thank you guys for donating as well when we did the Project Hope uh, stream. Uh, we truly appreciate um, you guys and also like appreciate the support you, and love you guys give us every day. Um, thank you guys again. Like, I don't know, like I got no words for how much like you guys like mean to us when you support us. Uh, it means a lot. And we're doing this, guys, for you, like for you, so we can provide Syria content, uh, exclusive, uh, exclusive to Canada and Toronto. And uh, yeah, thank you guys a lot. Yeah, and uh, June 28 is our one year anniversary, so expect something on that day. We're gonna be working on something. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Once again, like Danny said, thank you for all the support, especially this past week. It's been the most successful week, um, like YouTube-wise and viewership-wise for us. So it meant, uh, meant a lot to us. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the future. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and see you guys next time. Ciao, Ciao ragazzi. 